We just want to love you today and just love on you a bit today and just say thanks, God, for just everything that you've blessed us with. And God, we pray that you would bless us during this service as we minister today. God, we pray that the words that we say and everything that we do would just bring complete glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Happily ever after, it's not just for fairy tales. Well, I just really think for the last two weeks, and now this the third week, and the last message in this series, I just think we've been on an incredible journey, and it's just begun. Our new lives have just begun. Our quest for happily ever after. I believe our greatest joys, our greatest accomplishments, the greatest conversations that we still haven't had, the greatest companionship that we're going to share together, the greatest days that we're going to live, they're still ahead of us. It's not something that is just a fairy tale, but it's something that can be very real for you, your life, your home, your future, and your marriage. And I promise you this, if you take just even the subjects that we've covered in just this series, I'm telling you, it will change your relationship. It will change your marriage. And it will change your home. Obviously, we can't handle every point, every question. But we have given you, I believe, great principles that will help you. We started with empathy, trading places, taking time to know their feelings and what they're saying, how they're feeling. Even though it's different to you, they're not wrong. They're just different. Empathizing. Having empathy with them. Last week, we looked at... Having true intimacy, the naked truth, how to remove all shame by the sin, the secrets, and the silence in our relationships. And today we're going to give you another great, important truth. And here it is today. We're going to talk about priority. Say with me, priority. Priority. We're going to talk today about the place of priority. And I'm going to use, if I may today, a great illustration for every one of you. And let me read this illustration from this book today. And and I just hope that you are blessed by this. A college professor stood before his class and said, even if you don't get anything else from this course, I want you to get this. As he placed a jar on his lectern, Inside of the jar, there were big rocks. The rocks filled up most of the space. And the professor stepped back 
clasped his hands and asked every one of his students, is the jar full? Most of the students answered yes, and the professor shook his head, and from behind the table, he produced a pitcher of sand, pouring it all around the rocks. He then asked the students, is the jar full now. Most of the students said, well, yes, of course it's full now. I mean, it's completely full. And the professor smiled and said, if you're waiting, you're wise. Then from behind the table, he produced a pitcher of water and he poured it over the jar, asking every one of the students, is the jar full now? Everyone in the class finally agreed that now the jar was finally full. And the professor said to each one of his students, life is a a lot like what you have just seen. With that in mind, what do you think the moral of this story is? One student spoke up and said, oh, I know. The professor pointed and says, what? He says, you can always squeeze more into your life if you try. The professor smiled. Actually, I was thinking the opposite. The moral of the story is this. No matter how hard you try, You will never be able to squeeze the big rocks in if you don't put them in first. No matter how hard you try, you will never be able to put the big rocks in unless you what? You put them in first. You see, our marriage and our relationship is so much like that. If we don't watch the place of priority or the big rocks which are really important can be so quickly and easily filled with so much other stuff. And guess what? That stuff at the expense of what really, truly matters. If we don't put what matters Most into our lives first, then the lesser priorities will take up all the room. They may seem important things to you, but as we're going to discover later in this message, they may be important, but they're not to take the place of priority. And trust me, maybe not today, but there will be a day that you and I, each one of us, will have wished that we left room for the big rocks. 
I really believe that your happily ever after depends on you deciding together as a couple, coming together and saying, what are the big rocks of our relationship? What are the priorities that we need to make? Because we need to establish them first before life has its way of adding everything else to us. And I want to try and help you today when it comes to priorities, because perhaps for many of us, we struggle when it comes to priorities. So I want to use another illustration today, and, and I want every one of you to place your priorities in three categories. And he, here are the three categories, or represented by three different items. Are your priorities glass? Are your priorities metal? Or are your priorities rubber? Are they glass? Are they metal? Or are they rubber? I want to start from the inside out, so to speak, today and work into the center. So I'm going to begin with rubber. Things that are made of rubber, guess what? What happens when they're dropped? What do they do? They bounce what? Right back. So things that are made of rubber bounce back. Nothing really happens to it at all apart from it runs away if you drop in. But nothing really happens to it at all as the result of the drop. It could be the fact that you missed a sports game on TV. Your favorite team was playing and you missed it. But guess what? Really, that's rubber. Because whether you're watching the game or not is not going to determine whether your team wins or not. Your influence, your interaction in the game, I mean, has little, well, really no bearing on the outcome. Maybe it's your favorite TV show that you missed. You were stuck in traffic and you got home. You know what? Life's still going to move on. You're going to make it. I know at first you could be upset with it, but your life is going to bounce back and not be affected. Really, the rubber priorities have no real consequence and nothing really is lost in your life. So missing a TV show, missing a sports game, it's not going to affect your marriage. It's not going to affect your relationship. It's not really going to affect your life. But then you've got metal. Something about metal, when it's dropped, it makes a loud noise. But guess what? It's going to recover from the drop. Could drop this all day and it's going to make a noise every time it's dropped. But guess what? Perfectly fine. It's going to recover. could be like a, a meeting at work, you know, that you had to go to a meeting, but something came up and you had to go to a doctor's visit. Maybe your kids got sick. Well, you know what? Guess what happens? You're going to make it because there may be a slight noise, but you can get the notes probably of the meeting that you've missed from a fellow colleague. Maybe you've messed up, and I know none of you have ever done this, but maybe you've messed up on the balance of your checkbook. You thought there was more money in there than you really knew there was, so you get what they call not-so-fun messages. Come on, anyone ever had a not-so-fun, an NSF message? Come on, how many knows it's not sufficient funds, it's not-so-fun is what they're trying to say to you. 
But you know what happens? There's going to be a little bit of noise that's going to be created as a result of that. You're going to have to pay some fees. There's just going to be some things that is going to take place. Your husband or wife may get mad at you for a little bit. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you spent that. But you know what? Guess what? When it's dropped, nothing's really going to happen. Priority of metal. But guess what? When you've got a glass, when a glass is dropped, how many knows it's not bouncing back? I'm not going to drop it today. But how many knows if I drop this glass today, guess what? It's going to make a noise. But it's going to make a noise as it shatters into pieces and it will never be the same again. Even though I can try to piece it back together, you know, there's always going to be pieces that are still missing. Have you ever had like an ornament or something that was dropped and you tried to put it back together? No matter how well you did it, there's always little pieces that are missing. And it certainly won't look the same and it won't be able to hold water because of all the cracks. Guess, listen to this. Because it has been broken, it will forever affect. How it's used. Because of it being broken, it will forever affect how it is used. I want you to see today the picture of priority because it's rubber, metal and glass. And most of us would conclude today that when it comes to the rubber and metal things, we know those things. But when we talk about the glass things, we're talking about things that are near and dear to our heart. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about our marriage. We're talking about our kids. We're talking about things around us that are close. Why? Because if we drop those, they're going to smash. They're things that we can't let go of. They're things that you and I must prioritize in our lives. The oil tycoon H.L. Hunt says these words, You have got to decide what you want. You've got to decide what you are willing to exchange for it. Notice you can't have the both things. You've got to decide what you want. And as a result of going after what you want, you've got to be willing to exchange some other things. You've got to establish your priorities and you've got to go to work. You've got to put it into action. But unfortunately, guess what? We're deciding all the things that really aren't important. We're basing our priorities and our lives on things that life will go on whether we do it or not. But yet the things that are the most important, the glass of our life, the things that we cannot afford to lose. They are the things too many times that are being exchanged. We're exchanging our greatest priority, the place of priority for things that don't really matter. And I'm telling you today, maybe you can say, Philip, man, I I know where you're coming from. I see this. I want to remind every one of you today, and that is this. It's never too late to make a U-turn. It's never too late to change. You know, if you've gone off course with your thoughts and in your actions, today you can start again. You can begin again. Today is a new day for your life. 
And I want you to hear this, whether you are married or single, even if marriage is years away and you have no idea who your number two is going to be, what we are going to discuss today, the commitment you need to make is going to lay the groundwork for your life for a happily ever after marriage. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden again. Let's go and have another look at Adam and Eve if we could this morning. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24 and verse 25 that we used last week. Verse 24 says, And a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined or shall cleave or shall cling to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. Verse 25, And they were both naked the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They had no shame. God has just created man, and then he formed woman, as we will see from man. But the next almost instruction that God gives to them is that they shall leave their father and mother, and they shall be, notice, joined to each other. Really in this verse, God gives us the rocks, if you want to say, of priority that we must first put in our lives. You know what your number one priority has to be in your life? Has to be God. God has to be the number one priority of your life. He is the leading priority. I don't even like to say put God as number one on your list because the problem with lists is they change. I don't even like to say put God as the number one on your list because he shouldn't even be on the list. He should be the given. He should be the title. He goes way before the list. Do I hear an amen? He is God. He needs to be the priority. Oh, Pastor Philip, we know all about this. I'm telling you right now, your spiritual temperature will determine every other aspect of your life. Where you are with God will determine the way you are with your spouse, the way you are with your kids, the way you're handling your finances, how you are. I really believe too, it can affect your health and the way you live in a healthy way. Why? Because your priority with God must be number one most important. And the problem with most Christians today is they say, oh yeah, that's, that's true, but they don't really live that. We did a series once called The Christian Atheist. Anyone remember when we did that series? We did The Christian Atheist. And you know what the whole thought was? We believe in God, but yet we live as though he doesn't exist. Quite a thought there. Oh, God's my number one. Well, is he? When a sports game or something comes up, what takes the priority of your life? If you've got five minutes to read your Bible or catch the last five minutes of the show, I wonder what's the greatest priority. We say he is, but I wonder if he really is. You see, the place of priority, of utmost priority in our lives has to belong to God. Mark 12 verse 30 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And guess what? This is the first commandment. When God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, the first commandment was what? Love God above everything else. 
You can't go to two and three and four, really, until you go through one. Hello? We want to try and have all these other things, but you can't have them truly until you go through point one. God is saying it's not just a heart thing. God says it's something inside of you. It's with your mind. It's with your physical life. It's with every part of you. God says, I want to be the priority. I want to be the number one of your life. And I know we could talk more and more about that. But God has to be our number one. And then from God's word and that verse that we just read, we clearly can see that the next big rock, the next priority of our lives has to be our spouse. Has to be our spouse. My first is God, then my second is my spouse. And guess what? That reflects the heart of God from the very beginning of time. When you read the creation of God, the account In Genesis, you'll see that everything God makes, he looks upon and he says it's good. He liked everything that he had made. He looked at it and he said it was good. But there was one thing that kind of tarnished, and I don't want to really say tarnished, but there was one thing in the midst of all the good that God suddenly stepped back and said, hold on a second. And God said these words, it is not good that man should be alone. Everything else was good, but then God says, hold on a second. It's not good that man should be alone. So what did God do? God put man, Adam, into a deep sleep. And as Adam slept, God took one of his ribs from his side. And from that rib, he formed woman. It's a whole message there that he didn't take a bone from the head For a man or for a woman to rule over the man. He didn't take a bone from the foot so the man would rule over the woman. But he took from the side that which covers the most vital organs of the body. Why? Because the woman's position is to be beside the man. Shoulder to shoulder. Together. Loving each other. So he put him in a deep sleep. And Adam looked and he went, Wow, man. And that's where the word woman came from. But notice again, if we would look at Genesis 2 verse 24. Well, you're all slow today. (laughs) Come on, how do you make half of you laugh on Tuesday, tell you a joke on Sunday? I know how you all are. Some of you are going to laugh about that one on Tuesday. (laughs) Now I get it, what he meant. Genesis 2 verse 24 again. Therefore a man shall leave and a man shall cleave. He shall leave his father and mother and he shall be joined. A man had to leave. You can go on to the next one, Tammy, that's fine. A man had to leave so he could cleave. The Bible says that we had to leave our parents. The Bible didn't say we stopped honoring our parents, but now our priorities change. The Hebrew word for leave is azab, which means to loosen and to relinquish. Therefore, the thought is that I loosen and relinquish my focus from my parents 
and perhaps others that have been the priority of my life and for my life. And I guess what? I now cleave to my new priority. The word cleave means to stick to, to be stuck together. And I want to tell you today, cleaving is fun. It's a fun thing. So next to Christ, the Bible says that I've got to leave and cleave to my spouse. My next place of priority belongs or becomes my spouse. It's not my spouse and my parents. It's just my spouse. It's not my spouse and this, that and the other. It's God. Then it is my spouse. But unfortunately, again, just like, yes, God's my number one. Yes, my spouse, I realize, should be my number two. Unfortunately, oftentimes saying it and doing it is harder than we realize. Let me ask you this. All the men in the house. What does the Bible say that we should give our lives for? Does it say we should give our lives for our children? Does it say we should give our lives for money? Does it say we should give our lives for power? Does it say we should give our lives for a nice home? Does it say we should give our lives for a greater career? The list could go on and on and on and on, but the survey says, eh, eh. The answer is this. Here's the place of priority. God himself says it. He says in Ephesians 5 verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. And notice, and he gave himself for her. Men, as a husband, it is your honor. The Bible tells us it's an honor to give up our lives for our spouse, for our wife. And all the ladies in the house said, Amen. Amen. So there is no question to a man's place of priority. The Bible says it's God first, and then it's his spouse second. Not fishing, not hunting, not everything else. Your spouse, your spouse, your spouse. But ladies, before you get all excited and say, see, 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 I told you, the Bible is very clear that the same principle applies for every one of you all too. When God blesses you with a husband, you enjoy the privilege of placing him above all others except only to Christ. A strong, happily ever after marriage requires the right priorities What matters most, the glass of the life, needs to come first. Think about this for a second. It's not always bad things that ruin a good marriage. But good things that are placed too high on your list of priorities. I want to say that one more time. It's not always the bad things that ruin a marriage. But it can be also the good things that are placed too high. The wrong rocks that are put into our lives. They too can do great damage. I want to look at a few of those today, the things that we get out of order in our lives. And I thought about that, the things we get out of order. If you go to something 
and it says out of order, that means it's not working properly. It's broke. It's not going to produce what you want. If you go to a Coke machine and it says it's out of order, you're probably not going to get a Coke, but it's just going to take something from you. It's going to cost you something. It's going to swallow your money. It's going to take it. Think about that. When we have the right priorities, or good priorities rather, in the wrong order, guess what? That's out of order. It's not going to produce. It's not going to give to us in the way we need. Don't shoot me down today, but can I give you some of those things? Here's the first things. Are you ready? Your children. Your children. Your children. Children have to be one of the biggest blessings that you can have. The Bible says in Psalms 127, 3 through 5, you can see that, that children are in Heritage from the Lord. They're a gift. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. My quiver runneth over us. <laughs> Kelly and I are blessed with five bundles of great joy. Five wonderful children. Four girls and one poor little boy. But guess what? If Kelly and I neglect our highest priority and put our children before God And before each other, my disordered living could become very bad for everyone else. I want you to listen, and I want you to listen good today, because it doesn't matter whether you agree with me or not. I'm not here for the popular vote today. I'm here to preach you the truth from God's Word. I'm trying to help you in your happily ever after. And you may turn around and say, well, I don't believe that. My children are my priority. There's no, 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 no. Find me a verse in the Bible where it says your children are a priority above God and your spouse. You won't find it because it's not there. It's not there. Why is it not there? Because God never intended it to be there. God set things in perfect order. For what reason? So things would flow properly, work properly, accomplish great things and be the success that he wants it to be. The reason things are so messed up today is because we've put every other rock where we think it should be instead of saying, God, show me what needs to be where it needs to be in my life. As parents, of course, your children should be one of the most important parts of your life. But you and I will never do them any favors when we give them the place of priority that does not belong to them. But belongs to my one and belongs to my two, God and my spouse. It feels natural, doesn't it? We've just got to be honest as parents and particularly that of mothers. It feels so natural just to just to be so consumed with our kids and they become just the greatest priority of our life and and everything else revolves around them. So it's no wonder so many tend to do that. But I'm telling you right now, the majority does not rule in this situation. I want you to say something with me today. You ready? Not healthy. Because that's what it is when we put them as a greater priority. As I said, nowhere in Scripture, in the Bible, do you see that children should come either first or second. And putting your children in the wrong place of priority will cause you to raise an insecure child. I want to say that one more time because you've got to get this. To place your child in the wrong place of priority in your life will cause you to raise an insecure child. How does that happen? What do you mean, Pastor Phil? I'm telling you why. Because when you place them 
above your spouse. Guess what happens? Distance begins to appear between you and your spouse. You begin to fight and you begin to argue. Why? Because now the kids are more important and it's more about the kids and it's more about this and it's that. And guess what happens as distance begins to come? Guess what? Distance will play itself out, as I said, in fighting and disagreements and things won't start going as planned. And guess what separation is talked of? There's a strong possibility of divorce. I want to ask you this question today, and that is this. Is this the recipe for a secure child? Is that the recipe that's going to build a secure child? Of course not. In the study that we just heard this weekend, if you were here, you heard that Dr. Emerson said until the age of 11 or 12, he would wet the bed every night. Why? Because of the strife he felt in the home, the fighting, the anguish, just the uncertainty of what was going as his parents separated and got back together and things that would happen. He said he would cry himself to sleep at night and he would wet the bed till 11 and 12. The scars that were being inflicted upon him. You see, we think, oh, we're protecting our kids. We're helping our kids. We're prioritizing them. No, you're not. Hear me and hear me good today. You're not helping them. You're not helping them. We've got a joke in our family, really, you know. We can be in the car or something, and Kelly and I would just have a little smooch with each other in front of the kids. And it's not nothing major, you know. It's just a little peck, you know. We're not subjecting them to anything. But all the kids begin to laugh in the car. They go, oh, 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 child abuse, child abuse, child abuse. But you know what? It couldn't be further from the truth. Because you see, in my life, when I honor God first, and when I love my spouse second, my children begin to see that affection. My children begin to see that commitment that we have. And as they see that, guess what happens? It teaches them how to act with their spouse. It teaches them to act with their family, their children, to interact. So when they grow up, they are learning the right way, not the wrong way to do things. You are showing them what is acceptable behavior. And as they see you love, as they hear you love, they discover, listen to this, security. I grew up very secure. Why? Because I saw such security with my mum and dad. Never once did I question the fact of what their priorities in life. First was to God, second was to each other, and then we came in below that. We never suffered. Can I tell you right now, we never suffered for anything. We didn't think, oh man, that's unfair, we've been shut out, we're not getting this, we're not getting that. Our lives were full and complete and secure. Why? Because God... Spouse and then the children. We did not suffer at all. But yet I have a foundation now that I can treat my wife the same way and hopefully set the example for my children. You will never destroy your kids by placing God first and your spouse second. But I want to tell you today, you can destroy your kids. You won't if you do it God's way. But if you do it any other way, you will. The place of priority. Here's another priority that we get out of place. Are you ready? Your friends. Your friends. Hey, friendship's important. I love having friends. But friends are not more important than God. And friends are not more important than my spouse. 
friends, unfortunately, today have become so accessible too. It used to be, you know, when we were growing up, I mean, we didn't have cell phones when we were kids really showing our age, but you had to be with your friend in person and see them to have any kind of interaction. Then the cell phone came and you could call people or the pager came and they could call you back once they got to a phone. But then texting, instant messaging, email, The access now is wherever you're at, you can connect to someone within seconds. There's so much available to you now. And what's happened? As the result of that availability, guess what? We forgot God and we forgot what's most important in our lives as now friends begin to take that position. Unfortunately, many confide in friendships today as a substitute for their spouse. I love sports, and I want to use this analogy. When you are subbed out, guess what? You're out of the game. You can't play on the bench. You can only play when you're on the field. So what's happened today in relationships, the marriage, the father, the husband, the wife, the mother, what? They've been subbed out of the game, and now a friend is playing a position that should only be theirs. Well, they're better at it. They understand me more. They listen to me more. They're doing this, they're doing that. Fortunately today, if we would put as much focus and emphasis on what is the most important, we wouldn't struggle with those questions and those fears. But we focus on developing the wrong relationships instead of our marriage. No wonder there are so many affairs today. No wonder there is so much cheating going on. Why? Because you're drawing water from the wrong well. Listen to me. If your well is dry, you've got to start digging. Come on, if your well is dry, you've got to start digging. It's not time to go and find another hole because you already have invested so much into that well already. Come on, it's time to dig again. You could, hey, you could go and dig another well and think it's all great, but I'm telling you, beneath the surface, there's going to be some rocks and there's going to be hardships and there's going to be trials. You've already gone through those rocks and those trials and you could be just this much away from fresh water that can spring forth. I encourage you today to dig. What have we said to you before? Listen to this. If the grass is greener... On the other side, start watering your own lawn. If the grass is greener on the other side, turn the sprinklers on in your yard. Add up some spice in your relationship. Start digging that water and life could come. And you know what I've learned is this. The grass is always greener over the outhouse. It's always greener around the septic tank. And one thing I've learned is this too. The greener the grass, the more it takes to maintain and keep. The higher maintenance it becomes. I'm telling you, if only my spouse, if only start watering that lawn. We heard about it last night in the marriage class. You know, when you go out with your friends, ladies, you dress up and you put on your makeup and you look real good. When your husband comes from work, it looks like what? You look like you're... Who only knows what? Start watering your lawn. Start dressing yourself up. Start fixing yourself up. Start making yourself presentable. Start having a smile on your face when he comes in the door. Start watering your own lawn. Start making the right priorities. Put in the big rocks first because if not, everything will begin to fill it around and you will not be able to get those rocks into your life. 
Thank God for friendships, but they don't take the replace. And they don't replace the place of priority that belongs only for my God and for my spouse. Quickly, I've got to go on today. Here's another thought. Career, our work, can be a priority in the wrong place. Obviously, having a job and working is good. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't deserve to eat. You should work. You should provide for your families. But don't fall victim to the, I'm working late for my family and one day I'll slow down and start spending time with them. I'm telling you why, don't fall victim to that because that one day will never come. But can I tell you the day that will come? Another day. Another day will come. What do I mean by that? Another day will arrive and it was the day that you will look back and that you will see that your spouse is a stranger to you and your kids are all grown up and they have grown up without you. Watch what you're doing. Watch what you're doing. Here's another priority that can be out of whack. Sports and hobbies. The list can continue greatly. All these things that we can prioritize. Well, it's just the season for this and then when the season's over. But you know what happens? The season comes into another season. Into something else and into something else. And if we don't watch, they become the big rocks and take the place of the priority. And we can't what? We can't afford to get this wrong. It's not worth it. Your priorities must be in the right place. They must be ordered in the right way. It must be glass, metal, then rubber, not rubber, metal, and glass. I know that there may be seasons and times in your life when it comes to work and your career that you may have to put in longer hours, that you may be away from your family. You may miss some of the ball games. You may miss some of the fun events. There's going to be times in your life that a greater commitment is required from you. But listen to me. These are seasons anyone can endure if they don't become a way of life. Come on. They are seasons that can be endured if it doesn't become a way of life. Today, if your priorities are out of whack, you may be, need, you may be able to survive for a while. You may be able to hobble along. You may be able to pretend things will get better. But I'm telling you today, they won't. They won't. They won't. They won't. They won't get better until you make the change. And listen to me today. If you don't make the change, a change will be made for you. And you're not going to like the change when someone says, I'm out of this, I'm done, I'm through, I can't take it no more, I want to be divorced. When your kids say, I, I, I want to leave the house because I, I, I'm through with this. If you don't make the change, don't be fooled to thinking that a change will not be made for you because it will. It will. As I said earlier, it can be the good things out of place that can destroy marriage. We know the bad things. Things like selfishness, debt, affairs, nagging, critical heart, abuse, neglect, alcohol, drugs, pornography. We all know those things and they can destroy a relationship too. But the things that we label as problems before marriage inevitably result in bigger problems after marriage. You've got to set your priorities. You've got to start with God down. When we marry, when we come together and we say the words, I do, it's not a magical wand that we make. It's not a magical vow that we make that all of a sudden it sets everything where it needs to be. I do, I do, I do. There has to be work that's involved. We must practice our priorities. Almost done. Look what it says in Luke 6, verse 47 and 48. It says, whenever... 
Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, guess what? And it could not shake it, for it was founded upon the rock. When the trials and the tribulations and the hardships came, a house that was built upon the rock, God, with established right priorities in their proper place, The Bible says that even though it beat against it, it didn't knock it down because it had the right place of priority. We've got to protect our priorities. We've got to decide together what priorities need to be needed in our marriage for a happily ever after. We need to spend time together. You need to have date nights. You need to go out and just love on your spouse. I want to read one thing and then I'm going to close the message today. I want to read something today that's called The Dyslexic Pastor. When I performed my first wedding, I typed typed the whole ceremony beforehand. Standing before the bride and groom and hundreds of people, I came to the paraphrased statement from Matthew 19, verse 5, that says, the two will be united. That's what it was supposed to say, but I had accidentally typed, the two would become untied. Oops. After the ceremony, I looked closely at the words. Only one small letter was out of place. The I. That's really how it works. When the I is in the proper place submitted to Christ, to His will, and to His priorities, we will be united. But when the I is in the wrong place, we will be untied. A spouse that allows anything to take a front seat to God, or their partner or both, only goes part way. But a marriage that keeps God, the spouse, and self in the right order will always go the distance. When God gives you his best, your number two, give your spouse your best. Make and keep the priority promise. Why? Because it's worth it. God and your spouse are worth it all. The place of priority. The place of priority. The place of priority. Would you stand to your feet with us today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, 
We are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.